0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another special Man Up edition. We're so grateful that you guys are with us, we'll say, in the sandbox. This is an initiative just to bring men together, to be real, to be honest, to be edgy about the things that challenge us because we need each other. And so that theme is punctuated tonight. The first, if you go back two weeks to Pentecost365.us, right out of the gates, we dealt with the challenging subject of pornography and purity in men's life. Even if you've beat that battle, if you will, and conquered porn, which by the way, most have not. So it's a noble endeavor. You're not alone if you're battling with that. But even if you know, the externals of that, you're conquering it, we know that purity is an issue of the mind, it's an issue of the heart. And God promised in Romans 12, you know, we can be transformed, it's possible. Don't throw in the telanet, no matter where you are. So that was episode one. Then episode two, we had Justin Fatica, HBO star, EWTN star, who really kind of helped us understand the heart of the family, to have Christ's heart, the Savior's heart for our families. Tonight we've got a very special guest with us, along with my co-host, Mike and Walt, whom we'll meet very quickly again and introduce themselves. But we've got a good friend, Joe Lombardi. I knew him back in the days at Erie, Pennsylvania, when he was coaching at Mercyhurst College, and he's navigated quite a bit from that point to being the QB coach for the New Orleans Saints. So, so great to have him with us. As a simple byline, his much lesser important note is his grandfather is the great Vince Lombardi. Having grown up in Wisconsin, I'm just, it's in my blood. You know, grew up Packer. I still connect with you awesome brothers and sisters out there. It's a connector for us, me being in Toledo, Ohio. And, uh, but most significantly about Joe Lombardi is that he's a husband and father of seven awesome children. So if you're listening to us right now broadcast over the radio, I encourage you to maybe, if you can, check out Pentecost365.us. You can see our Handsome some mugs and you can see the imagery through. We're going to talk you through this program if there's anything visual. It's not necessary that you go there, but uh, it's a visual format. You'll see us interacting there too, and you'll see all the old episodes at Pentecost365.us. Now, if you see this screen at Pentecost365.us, look at our logo a second. You see man up, where the U is that turnaround sign that you see in the road, and the cross is on the uh, edge of the arrow. Well, that really describes, if we're really honest, where all of us are at to some extent. We're all going in a direction. So start there. Where are we heading? Not just in our work or in our marriage physically, but go a little bit deeper. Where are our souls heading? What is our direction? Because if we're honest, the fact is many of us are either going in the wrong direction, completely opposite direction, or maybe kind of off to the side. Can we have the courage as brothers to recognize we're going in the wrong direction and that God made us to go in the right direction. So that's the U of the up sign. You can also see the bonfire, which men do not like a bonfire. We like to be out there. We like to be in the elements. And uh, we invite you to kind of have that experience with us as brothers. As if we're around a bonfire, choose your beverage of choice, brandy, scotch, I'll go single malt, scotch, myself. I know Joe will probably go a good cigar scotch, you'll get him in here. These other guys, Walt and Mike, they can tell you maybe their favorite beverage. Anyways, join us around the bonfire here at Cracklin. We're going to hang out. We're going to be real. We're going to talk about this stuff on this journey. So right now I want you to meet our awesome hosts and you're going to see Joe with us. Welcome back to the program, Walt and Mike. Let me see. Did I stop the share screen? I think I did. And there you guys are. How you doing today, Walt and Mike and Joe?
1: Oh. doing good
0: awesome right out of the gates guys our theme as they recently saw on the screen is iron sharpens iron it is from proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen: iron sharpens iron and we've got a coach with us today who gets that metaphor of course in his work and all of us have it in our work to some extent he has it in a powerful way on the playing field with sports um, and we have it in our families too we need to consider this metaphor are we surrounded by brothers in this case, that can help us become stronger and sharper. So we want to begin right out of the gates with a self-effacing question with my two co-hosts, Walt and Mike. And the question is, you know, share a time, quick time in your life where you had to man up, where you had to speak to a brother that you love about something that you knew was consequential, that made a difference, or someone who spoke it to you. So innumerable times in my life, or my dad or my brothers spoke to me about things that challenged me, just in general, I'll say that. But a significant time for me in another brother's life was a dear friend who's a father of three children. And he came to me actually, and he was sharing some things in his office that made me wonder if he had, some struggles internally in an affair, if something was going on there. So number one, to ask him that question. Are you struggling? Buddy, I'll call him Steve? Stevie is struggling because, you know the way you're speaking about this woman, I know your wife, she's beautiful, and there's something off here a little bit. Just be honest with me. It was in a context of having a beer. We were talking. He shared with me that, in fact, he'd been battling for a couple of weeks that it had been affecting his marriage. Porn was woven into this to some extent. And uh, it was a wonderful place where he gave me permission to speak into his life, to be direct with him, to sort of mediate a little bit with him and his wife. And literally within weeks, he, he manned up. He made the right decisions to change his office environment, to change those circumstances, to repent to his wife so that grace was flowing again. And you know what? Had it not been that point of contact, and I'm so blessed to have been in that point, who knows where he would have been in that occasion? How many men at that point never have men that reach into their lives, that break that gate of the enemy's flow and uh, and help them to get realigned? So there's my man up moment. Let's go to you, Mike.
2: Well, hey, who uh, has had a, um, a drug addict in their life? Mm. I didn't think I did. And uh, when I was managing a bunch of pharmacies for a, a large health system, I had some reports of some missing drug and you know in my mind the image of a of a drug addict is you know a teenager out on the street or some vagrant that appears homeless that is scrounging for drugs this gentleman looked like you and i went in the pharmacy confronted him about it and was compassionate about it and uh he he admitted it he he was in the fetal position on the floor and behind the pharmacy mm and uh just met him in that space with love obviously we have to get law enforcement and everyone else involved uh but he's made a full recovery he travels around the state of ohio now talking to other pharmacists and other healthcare providers about uh the trap that he fell in from a surgical procedure to abusing drugs and now this gentleman's in charge of a pharmacy he can order and and take whatever he wants wow he was the manager of a store of a pharmacy so uh you know, you just need to get down in the weeds or in the gutter with people at times and, and lift them up. They literally need to be lifted up and judgment aside. And I'm really proud of that moment of him and, and how I handled that.
0: Thanks, Mike. That's awesome. Walt. To preface,
3: my grandfather, who I did not meet, um, grew up in an orphanage uh, in, in uh, the Duluth, Minnesota area. Mm-hmm. And he passed away when my dad was 14. So my dad was working full-time in eighth grade uh, to make ends meet for his family. And so uh, my dad obviously wanted for my sister and I to provide, you know, uh, a life of not leisure, but a life of comfort, right? A life that his dad didn't have and a life that my dad really didn't have. Um, and looking back, you know, now that we've talked about, it, spoken about it as adults, uh, my dad said, you know, there was a time there where I was about 12, 13 years old where he realized he had was coddling me too much, right? And, I, and uh, you know, realizing that he was, if you will, more or less overprotective of me. Um, and so I remember one time specifically, my, I worked with my dad all the time. I didn't, I didn't know people don't work seven days a week. I was not, I was not aware of that until I actually got to college. Um, so I remember it's like freezing cold out. It's like 15 degrees out. I'm having my dad put all this siding on our house. I'm like, dad, I'm like, I need thicker gloves. These gloves are just not cutting it. My dad's like, let me see those gloves. So I, you know, take the gloves off and give them to him. And he throws them in the yard. And he said, now you're going to work with no gloves. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I'm like, I'm not complaining anymore. I won't take my coat, you know. And I worked the whole day without gloves and I survived. and I didn't lose my hands from frostbite. And uh, I am I'm, I'm was pissed at my dad. But <laughs> looking back, I'm so very thankful. So. Anyway, that's my dad. And I know he loves me.
0: That's awesome. Joe, it's good to have you. We're going to get to your, I'm sure, man-up moments as you share your story and as we talk about the dynamics of Iron Sharpens Iron. But uh, we're going to throw some softballs first. We know you are capable of far more, but we want to have a little bit of fun here. So between Mike, we'll begin Mike Walt, alternate lightning round questions. Before we do so, Joe, you're, hopefully I have this right, you're husband and father of seven children. Is that correct? Seven? Seven kids QB coach for, uh, the saints. And that particularly means drew Brees, but obviously I'm sure the backups also. Yep. I got to ask the big question on everybody's minds though, in the midst of this COVID crisis, is there going to be an NFL this year?
1: Well, listen, I don't think, I think we're certainly planning, uh, to go in that direction. Uh, I'm not included in those high level meetings. So, uh, but they just released the schedule and, uh, you know, it seems like right now all systems are go, but, uh, as we all know, there's a lot of uncertainty to this situation.
0: Awesome. Mike, Walt, lightning round question. They're going to throw these at you, Joe, and just give us kind of the first response. You're heroic. We, we know you can do this. So we're going to go in the trenches for quick light ball, light softball, lightning round questions. Hit
1: them.
2: Saints fans got to know what's your favorite celebration food, Joe?
1: Well, listen. In New Orleans, it's got to be uh, crawfish. So, awesome. Uh, yeah, little mini lobsters, and uh, it's. Uh, I'm a big fan. As a as a Yankee down here in New Orleans, it took me a couple of years, but now it's. Uh, I'm a big fan of the crawfish. Oh, let crawfish
0: me matter. let me pause <laughs> you a second on that too, because did you have to learn how to re how to pronounce names that are pronounced differently? Because in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where I grew up and derived my Packer heart, we said crayfish but yeah. you may have learned down there. Crawfish.
1: Crawfish is definitely, uh, the way to and, go. And go. between Oshkosh oh. and New Orleans. I'm going to go with the New Orleans. Yeah, I gotcha. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well,
3: Oh man, you got me thinking about New Orleans. I love New Orleans. I love Baton
1: Rouge. All right. Your favorite fire up song. Oh, it's gotta be, uh, the Rocky theme, right? I think it's going to okay. fly now. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. Is, uh, and I don't think anyone's ever, ever gotten past that one. So on that note,
0: uh, my son is a beast of a runner. My youngest, it's his game. He's totally you know, one of the best runners in the state as a freshman. And when I assemble, I have a drone coverage and I cover some of his races. He didn't know that music. And he's, the, you know, kids these days, it's a learning curve to learn their music. And you guys know what I'm talking about. But I added that clip and it's now one of his favorites. So anybody who's watching right now, if you haven't heard Going the Distance, from Rocky, from Rocky One, it is amazing. Anyways, back to you, Mike. It's,
1: it's interesting, I just a few days ago, and I never knew this, but I saw an interview, Bill Conti, I think is the name yes. of the guy, yep. the composer, and and he was talking how he got some of his inspiration from uh, The Sacrifice of the Mass, and I, I didn't see the whole interview, but it was a little snippet, and uh, the number of times I've listened to that song, I never knew that uh, wow. that
0: was behind. Wow, that's very uh, that's inspiring, man, that's awesome.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Mike, all right,
1: coach.
2: Inquiring minds gotta know: Did the Lombardi mm-hmm. family stock up on toilet paper?
1: Well, with the uh, <laughs> nine people in this household, uh, it always seems like we are, but that's just our normal uh, supply. So, in fact, <laughs> when I'm in the grocery store, I feel like I should have a sign like, "Hey, I'm not hoarding; I'm just buying for for nine people." Oh, so that feeling I've eight children. I got the share go. screen up, Walter. You able to see actually
0: our questions? Yeah. Okay. Uh no. Oh, you're not. Okay, here we go. I want to show the Lombardi family. We'll get back to that screen. Go ahead.
3: But your favorite movie? Favorite, favorite movie?
1: movie? Now, I would favorite. probably say uh, Cool Hand Luke mm. or uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Those are those classics. Would be my two favorites. All right, right? let's play favorite? word
2: association. Rams and pass interference. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> pass one <my laughs> It's, it's awesome. Very like it. it clean.
1: <laughs> listen, in all honesty, it was obviously a disappointing game, but yeah. um, you know, I always think of you know you control what you can control, and mm-hmm. there are a lot of things in that game that we could have done differently where it didn't come down to that one play. So, uh, you know, I'm sure in the over the years we've caught breaks, and that one sticks out in everyone's memory. But uh, you know, you win some, lose some. So. Uh, class act class response well look at it. it's only if you want to win you got to move on you know you can't get you can't don't let yesterday take up too much of today so great principle i've, I've moved on from that.
3: Daddy,
0: lucy's asking some questions go ahead walt
3: okay do you ever use football metaphors to discipline your kids
1: <laughs> oh for sure yeah you know it's uh interesting you're as you all know, you're, you're, my kids anyway are much more likely to listen to other people than me. And so it's a lot easier to uh, say, well, you know, uh, Sean Payton would tell us this, uh, or, you know, Drew Brees does things this way. And you know, I'm always bringing in football stories to try to, you know, especially the boys, uh, try to inspire them to, uh, you know look look at look at the right way to do things you know it's one thing when dad tells you to do it but if you can you know another uh, a football player or a coach to uh model some of the behavior you're trying uh, to get them to, to uh, partake in it's a lot easier hey
0: so, joe while we got your screen up here and your family just give us the course. the rank run us through the names of the kids and the age
1: uh, ages right now i know the names the ages may be challenging <laughs> the the red shirt there uh Kind of to my right, as you're looking at this, is Joseph. He's 18, just graduated high school, or kind of graduated, I guess. Congrats, Joseph.
0: Time.
1: Yeah. So he's going to University of Louisiana Lafayette next year. Um, right to my left in the black shirt with the lips. Or let's go two, two to my left in the white shirt is Maria. She's our second oldest right there Or in the white shirt. She is 16, um Bernadette is right next to her she's our third she's just turned 15 all right to the far right is Thomas and he is how old is he Claire
3: he is
1: (laughs) he's 13 awesome So Thomas is 13 Dominic is 10 or 11
3: 11 Dominic is 11 (laughs) on the far
1: left there Claire up front is eight and then William being held there by Joseph is three
0: awesome back to the lightning round
2: Nice looking family. So we'll tee up a softball because I asked you that Rams question. What's <laughs> one reason your wife's amazing? And yeah. this is M- Mother's Day weekend, so
1: sure. um, well, you just saw seven right there. I mean, she's just a, a great mom and um, a fun wife. She keeps life interesting, and uh, she just walked out the door to go on a ten mile run. So wow, um, he's kind of a superhero. That's awesome. So yeah. All right, you can leave now, sweetie. Love you.
0: Back to you, Walt. Yeah.
3: <laughs> your support <laughs> staff is now free to go. Yeah, that's right. Now that I got the, <laughs> the advisors,
0: the producers.
3: <laughs> what is your favorite
1: prayer outside of mass? Favorite prayer outside of mass. Um, I mean, now that they've brought the, I mean, everywhere I go to church now, I don't know if it's nationwide, we get the St. Michael prayer. Um, I'm going to forget the name of it right now, but it's, uh, I think it's called like the Sacred Heart Novena, but it, it's, mm. um, you know, Jesus, you said, uh, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. I'm not going be answered to you. And so I'm knocking, I'm seeking, I'm asking. And, you know, you give your intention and there's a series of them. I think it's called the Sacred Heart Novena, but I, I may be wrong on, on the name of it. But uh, I know it was a favorite of Padre Pio. So yeah. it's what it, I go to and when, when I'm in need. That's a, awesome.
2: Mike. All right. Last question. Another softball. Favorite Mm -hmm. coach of all time, Joe.
1: Favorite coach, he said. Of all time. Well, it'd be easy to say my grandfather, but I'm going to go with uh, Fisher DeBerry, who was my college coach at at the Air Force Academy and uh, was a great influence on me. And I think uh, most of the guys that he coached. That's awesome. I'll I'll go with with Fisher. So, folks,
0: you're with us live on... uh... Ignite Radio over the radio uh, station and then throughout the world at Facebook and YouTube Live. We call this program Man Up, and we are just courageously foraying into this field of being honest. The battlefield, we spoke about Ephesians 6.12, we fight not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And the importance on that battlefield of having brothers who just connect with each other, who build good relationships and friendships, and uh, who connect with those dynamics beyond just the superficials, to really kind of grow, to grow strong and uh, in in substantial ways, in organic ways. So um, women, you're allowed to eavesdrop. We've, We've said this before. We want you to understand the inner dynamics of the way we think so you can pray for us, but also to encourage your husbands and the men in your life to kind of tune in also, that they can be maybe part of the dialogue from afar. We certainly welcome interaction, and hopefully in subsequent episodes, we'll take questions. So feel free, if you want to interact in any way, send us an email. Let us know what your thoughts are on any of these things, challenges, encouragements. We want to hear that stuff also. So as the theme is tonight, Iron Sharpens Iron from Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen. 17. Uh, we really want to go a little deeper in that with our guest, Joe, and maybe to cue this up. So it begs the question, what success, just think about this, brothers, can you name one success that has happened in your life without the encouragement or support of another guy? Is your faith your professional world, your interpersonal world, is there any success that you can really claim without the encouragement or support or guidance from somebody in your life? Probably the answer to that question is no. Well, Joe, one of the significant influences of his life is his grandpa. The great Vince Lombardi. So, before we go further, I want to play this fun clip from Vince. It's just three minutes for those of you who are listening. You're going to see it's basically woven with some football clips. And I will give you an advisory. There is a minor expletive, but it's one that's also found in the Bible hell. So, just give us a little fiat here. We are brothers. So, I'm going to shift over to the screen and we're going to pay a little tribute to Joe's uh, grandfather. Here we go.
4: The number 10 mic'd up guy of all time, Vince Lombardi. Get those
0: head of here. Vince Lombardi is an
3: icon of NFL coaching, but it's his voice that made him a legend. There's this mythical, legendary figure, and a lot of it is what he had to say and the way he said it. People all over the place will still will repeat Lombardi.
4: What the hell's going on out there? What the hell's going on out here? What the hell is going on over here? Like everybody knows who that is. Hey, what about that now?
3: I think people would say, yeah, that's probably the greatest coach of all time. What the wirings did, it humanized him in, in a way that just the raw data does not. Now,
1: I thought so we I was going to use the four for this thing.
4: <laughs> that's the best one right there. That was the best one right there. He was one of those voices, not so much like a drill instructor, but When he spoke, he commanded your attention and he commanded your respect. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal
1: here, and to try to run this play in the
3: alley. Vince Lombardi, uh, pretty intense. He once said, show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser.
1: What are
4: they doing through the center of that line out there? Too much out there!
3: This is not a guy I want coaching my kid's soccer team.
4: If you were dragging your rear end in the mud, you were gonna know it, and the next play, if you weren't doing what he what he asked you to do, you were out. I'll tell you something, Leroy, you're not gonna get your job back unless we get a better performance. Oh, God. Get him out of there, will you? Let's go now, a little life out here. Let's have a little life out here. We look like we're half dead out here. Let's move a little bit. Winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Is there anything better than that, like, really, in life? Congratulations for a second year in
1: a row. Wonderful performance by the flying football club and a great coach.
3: Like, you crave it. Like, there's got to be more.
4: Come on, let's him up there! Is
3: there the unreleased
0: history of Vince Lombardi? Like, you want more?
4: Everybody grabbing out there. Nobody tackling. Just grab it, everybody.
0: Truly, he's one, when we speak to one another and say, man, myth, legend, Mike, Man myth legend Walt, which you guys are, Man Myth Legend Joe. This is who we're referring to as the icon of man myth legend, Vince Lombardi, the great Vince. You're his grandson. Paint for us a picture of your memories and his character and the influence he's had on your life.
1: Yeah, so he you know, he died very young. He was only, I think, 57, 56 or fifty seven when he died, which was uh, you know, just about a year before I was born. So I never met him, but obviously, um you know, grew up with- you know, the influence around, uh, around me, you know, my dad obviously was, was very uh, influenced by him. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's hard to compare it to him not being my grandfather because, uh, you know, I've only known him as my grandfather. You know, having that that looming figure over there is always a, uh, you know, a standard of behavior that you were kind of expected to uh, to stick to. If, if the Lombardi kids messed up, it would be more noticed by the community than, uh, you know, the Smiths if you will. So um, there was a little bit a sense of, uh, of uh, responsibility. And then, um, you know, a lot of people don't know he was a very, very Catholic man. You know, in fact, he, he was in a minor seminary in high school deciding whether he was going to become a priest. And uh, that wasn't the obviously the, the path that he chose, but he went to church every day. And uh, his Catholic faith was was really, you know, the most important thing in his life. And I think maybe not when I was younger, but as I've gotten older, that's maybe been the thing that's been the, the biggest influence on him. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. Thanks, Joe. So Joe, to you, share with us, if you don't mind, a little bit of your own background. You know, we all know in this life, it is a battlefield is a good metaphor. And we come under attack, especially in adolescence. We've talked about that when we start thinking for ourselves. And now we're on the other side of that, right, with our own teenagers. And hopefully we're we're attuned as men and remember what it was like to begin to think for ourselves and develop our own ideas. And it's no longer honoring our dad just for who he is. Now we're asking, well, what's he saying? Do I really agree? I'm sure you went through all of that. Share with us a little bit of your backstory and how kind of you came to embrace your Catholic faith for yourself.
1: Sure. I mean, I grew up in a, uh, you know, cradle Catholic situation. Um, you know, my parents took their faith seriously, and so it was church every Sunday, and and they made sure we got to confession. But, um, you know, they sent us to Catholic school, 12 years of Catholic school. And I think maybe they trusted that formation to, to really teach us the faith. And I'd say that, I don't know if it was my fault or the school's fault, but I really didn't get that formation of really what Catholicism was about. So I would say I was, um, you know, I never felt like I fell away from the faith, but I wasn't sure really what, what Catholicism required of me or what it asked of me. And so for all intents and purposes, I was a nominal Catholic. Um, you know, through college, and then uh, got married um, a few years after college. And my wife was Catholic. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think we really knew what that meant. And um, we had our first child, and then uh, Joseph. Mm-hmm. And really for health reasons, we were like, all right, we're going to try to go a natural family planning route. Mm-hmm. And there was really no Catholic reasons behind it. It was purely health. Like, oh, these hormones can't be good for you, and so let's let's uh, figure out how to do this natural family planning. And someone gave us a tape uh, by Janet Smith called "Contraception, Why Not?" And I wasn't even going to listen to it because I was like, I don't need to be sold on this. I'm going to do it anyway. And a priest, really, he's like, hey, go ahead and listen to this. It was it was up in Erie, Greg. And I put that tape in and listened to it, and it was so clear to me that what she said was true. It was the truth. And I thought, man, I never heard this. I've never been exposed to this. And um, if the church is so correct on this issue, what else are they correct on that is a little Mm. bit maybe counterintuitive or goes against what the world tells us is true. And that's what drove my wife and I to really investigate the faith and, uh, you know, made us, you know, once you discover the truth, you have to decide whether you're going to sacrifice for it. And, uh, you know, that was the first step in us really discovering Mm. the truth and realizing what our faith uh, asks of us.
0: So I'm going to go there. Thanks so much for that sex. We were made for this union with God. John Paul II says the heart of this sexual urge is an urge to a completion that is only found in God. And if men are really honest, those of us who are married and blessed by having that relationship in its sacred form, or those who are playing the field or whatever, we all recognize it's awesome and most awesome in marriage, those who've experienced it on both sides, but it's incomplete in itself. How were you challenged, Walt, as you're hearing Joe speak in a similar way, if you could share maybe just your own, maybe even recent experiences and being honest about the sexual desire as you've had your own challenges with the recent birth with your wife and your honesty about manning up in that circumstance?
3: Sure. Well, my uh, my wife and I contracepted uh, in college. We met at 18. Um, did everything wrong. My wife's Catholic, I wasn't, and um, um, got to the point without without uh, boring of the details of, of where why we are where we are. But we got to the point where uh, NFP made total sense, and we totally believed in it. Um, and where I really struggled uh, this last year is. Um, Um, My wife's had seven C-sections, so uh, she's also had a a lot of medical issues uh, this last year or so. So we actually had about an eight-month period where we were not able to be together at all, and I was losing my mind, and so was she, honestly. Um, And I looked at this, and, um, you know, I went to confession about it, right? talked to my priest and stuff about it quite a bit, a great priest obviously talked to Greg and other people that I trust about this and um, doing a lot of soul searching though. I got to the point where I said, you know what? I believe that I never started off right with my wife because I didn't die to myself. Right. I just fell in love with the flesh immediately. Didn't do what I was supposed to do, which is, you know, wait until we get married. And so now I need to learn how to love my my wife like Christ does.
4: Hmm.
3: and He's given me that opportunity to die to self and die to my flesh and love my wife, not for what she can do with me, do for me, right, but the child, the God that she is. And it was hard, very, very, very hard. Um, but, you know, like everything that's hard, um, every cross that we bear, as long as we're, upright. On the other side, we can look back and say, well, that sucked. I don't want that again, but thank you, Lord. And uh, so, yeah.
0: Thank you for that. You know, a simple idea. If we don't own ourselves, we can't give ourselves away. You know, if we don't have mastery over our desires, we're really running the risk of using even our wives. And uh, well, we've talked about that, Mike, Joe. You're kind of, you know, offering that challenge. How it ushered you into Catholicism, and what's the offer there? The offer there is one of self mastery, which allows us to truly be a gift to others. I'm getting maybe a little bit too philosophical, but I do think men, that is a huge challenge. I want to say it is possible, and I think I can punctuate for probably all the men here. We collectively have here, I think. 40 kids between the four of us, which is pretty awesome. And we want to pass this on to our kids. Why? Because you want to live an abundant life. You want to live in a place of true intimacy and joy. And that's not possible if we're enslaved to these strong passions. You don't, anybody who's listening or watching, you don't desire your wife or any woman any more than we desire our wives. But the difference of these four guys here is we face that battle and we've tried to say yes to it as much as we can and to receive that grace. Um, so moving along here a little bit, Joan, I thank you for opening up that door and a quick question, uh, conversation about that. Who are some other men in your life that have taught you how to be a good coach? And I mean that in the broadest sense. Who has coached you to be a, a godly man of character in your life, in the big picture of your life? Who are some men that stand out? Certainly your grandpa and your dad or there are others? You mentioned your coach in college.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've been lucky, fortunate, um, You know, football's been such a big part of my life. Athletics have been such a big part. And so, and I've been lucky. My high school coach, Raleigh Robbins in Seattle and uh, my college coach, uh, Fisher DeBerry and the position coaches, they were all not necessarily Catholic, but all very good Christian men that um, really gave us a good example of being dads and and, and, uh, husbands because the family, you know, when I went to college, the families were always around. And so you got to see that behavior modeled um, and then the men I've worked for, uh, you know, Cal McCombs at Virginia mm-hmm. military Institute, Mike Kelly at Dayton. I mean, just all, I've just been lucky to always work for good men. And then, uh, you know, I've been lucky that a lot of priests have come into my life mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, have been good, uh, spiritual mentors. So, uh, you know, if you can have that, that good fortune that, that God puts you in the presence of good leaders and, and men that can move you in the right direction, it's, uh, you know, it's something to be very grateful for, and I've been lucky that way.
0: What are some of the biggest challenges you face at the top level in the NFL? We see great examples, of course, of godly people, and I, I think there's probably a level of character that maybe didn't even exist three decades ago, but just paint a portrait for us of how faith plays out in your ordinary business, in your ordinary world as QB coach.
1: Yeah, I think the, the biggest challenge is when, when we hit the season, the beginning of training camp which is, you know, late July. Um, You know, we more or less work seven days a week for the next six months. Mm. Uh, You know, we get a bye week in there where we'll get, you know, five days off or something of that nature. But for the most part, it is seven days a week and and long hours, you know. And so for the most part uh, during the season, I get to see my family Friday afternoons. Mm. And if it's a home game, Saturday and Sunday afternoons, but Monday through Thursday, I leave before most of them wake up and I get home before, you know, after they're in bed. So yeah. um, that's the biggest challenge is the, the, the sport takes a, it, it requires a price to be paid. And uh, you know, that's the part that I struggle with most is balancing that. And it, you know, listen, it, when you're up for long hours, you know, your, your prayer life, if you're not careful, will suffer as well. And so this, this game ends up dominating your life for half the year. And, uh, that's a, that's a tough thing to balance. So, uh, it requires a lot, lot of focus and concentration.
0: Do you have some co-mentors that share your faith that are occasions of support, kind of encouragement and challenge in your lifestyle right now on the team or other, other places?
1: I mean, I'd say our staff, there's a, a lot of good Catholic men on it and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, I think we all kind of see eye to eye and, and, uh, yeah, try to help each other along. And that, uh, it's, it's hard to come up with a specific example, but there's certainly a support structure around there. And, you know, our, our owner, uh, Mrs. Benson and, and her late husband were very mm-hmm. strong Catholics. And, um, you know, so it's, it's a good organization to be a part of as a coach if you're a Catholic.
0: And Mike and Walt, just dive in here. Uh, any yep. thoughts, please? I do.
3: I certainly do. Um, so, I go to church. The boatload of farmers, right? And so all the all the wives say, "Well, hey, uh, I'm not a farmer, but I do live in the country." And all the wives say, "Well, you know, I don't have a husband, right? Um, basically during college football or uh, you know college football season or football season either, right? Because they're they're on the farm six a.m. to you know ten o'clock at night or later. Um, so they try to those families try to offset that time, right? In the off season. And I, I'm curious, what does your schedule look like in the off season? Right. And I would assume you're trying to do, uh, overload more or less right with your family in the off season. So what's the off season? What's the other six months look like?
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, we have draft preparation and so, but those are mostly bankers hours is, is what I call them, you know, so, gotcha. so I can, uh, you know, be home by certainly before dinner time and, um, weekends are free for the most part. And, uh, we're lucky leading up to training camp. We get a solid month straight off where we get four to five weeks of just straight vacation. So, um, you know, I don't golf, I don't fish, I don't hunt. I don't have any of those hobbies that are time consuming. Um, that if I worked a more traditional job, I probably, you know, would, would have a few more hobbies, but, um, you know, when I when I have a chance to be home and be with the family, that's that's what we do. And you try to you try to bank those hours uh, when you have the opportunity. Um, but it's still that being said, and I think I do is is, is you know I, I do that as well as I can. You know, those six months straight are, are still a challenge on the family. Yeah.
2: Um, so let me. Like, jump in. Uh, so thanks for sharing that, uh, Coach. Um, what I'm curious about is in season. Mm-hmm. How are you uh, being the father and the husband that you wish you could be, but you can't? So how are you trying to surround, as Greg mentioned, you're surrounded by a lot of good Catholic or godly men, been very fortunate. How how are how are you encouraging when you are gone? Maybe it's mm-hmm. texting, maybe it's FaceTiming. What are some things, because we all can get very, very busy. We heard last week, you know, if the devil can't make you bad, he won't make mm-hmm. you busy. Mm-hmm. So how are you trying your, your best to fulfill that that role as, as husband and father when you physically are gone a lot?
1: Yeah, well, you know, one of the questions was one reason why your wife is amazing. And so I'm lucky that she is, uh, you know, she she's, she's able to pick up a lot of that slack. And um, for a large, you know, I've been coaching here in New Orleans now, I don't know if it's 10 or 11 years total. And for most of that time, we live pretty far away from the facility, where I would end up sleeping at the facility. in the office three or four nights a week and uh, a couple years ago we moved a lot closer so I'm able now to wake up in the morning and have a cup of coffee with my wife uh, and see the the older kids anyway before I go off and so that that's helped a little bit but uh, you know I don't have a great answer for how I do that you know it's it's hard work because when I do get home I'm usually so tired I half the time just pass out on the couch so it's uh you know, one thing, work. Sean Payton is a good uh, is a good boss when it comes to family. And so, you know, I'll bring some of the boys to the hotel the night before a game, and they'll sit there on the, uh, you know, pregame meals with the players. And so they get a – they don't get as much dad, but when they are with dad, sometimes they're doing some pretty cool things down on the field pregame. Yeah. So I think if you ask my kids, and this might tell them how much they like me, you're like, "Hey, would you rather dad work less?" You're like, "No, you keep working, and let us let us get around the NFL players, uh, you know, <laughs> during practice and stuff. They 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 get a kick out of it. So uh, hopefully, some of those memories that they have of growing up makes up for for their dad not being around as much. That's great. So Joe, your kids are
0: uh, a good range in there, and the older Joe graduating from high school there are certain things that only a dad can convey in navigating them through difficult times in their life. And I'm sure you have those moments of connection. Um, I don't quite know what my question is, but uh, you're a great guy. I've known you now for a few decades. We've obviously a long lapse there. We played a little bit of poker at our house, which was fun. Nickels, dimes, and quarters, not Michael Jordan stuff. We, uh, you know, our wives were in a similar play group, and maybe I'm tapping this idea of the importance of a culture and a community that you wrap around you.
1: It's a very Catholic town, I think, just historically. Mm. And um, and so just some of that uh, cultural heritage, I do, I do think kind of floats in the air a little bit. Um, we've been lucky, just the friends that we have, um, you know, the churches that we go to, that it's, there is a really good support system as far as people who take their faith seriously, and just your kids, you know, being around those types of people when it's not just their family, but there's other families that are uh, modeling some of that behavior, and um, that's invaluable. But, you know, in today's uh, interconnected culture, certainly all the pollution that floats around anywhere in this world, uh, you certainly have to be aware that that's got a strong likelihood of influencing your children so you've got to be very very vigilant and it's hard because you know when you need a break what's the easiest thing to do put a phone or a computer in front of a kid and uh you know those are very effective babysitters in the uh, in the sense that they'll get the kids off your back when you need a little break but that's a very dangerous babysitter
0: so i'm going to so, ask the it, question um, see how comfortable you are with this and throw you a hard ball, but you can, you can plead the fifth. Um, Our kids are being introduced to an alternate lack of lines, lack of clarity, vision that is dangerous sociologically, Mm -hmm. neurologically in every way. Have you found yourself needing to lean into that as a dad in a particular way, addressing some of those things? And maybe I'm just asking, because we're men here who have, uh, two of us have teenagers and the waltz are rapidly going in that direction. His six children. Um, what role do you play as a man and a father in addressing some of those things? And how are your kids doing with that? Kind of a personal question, but I'll throw it at you.
1: Um, well, to my knowledge, I think our kids are doing well. Um, I mean, it is something that we, uh, certainly address. My wife, uh, is uh, very strong in that that way as well I mean my oldest has had a girlfriend for uh, two years I think I mean they, they are deeply in love and I know my wife is uh, talks to him regularly as do I but she kind of takes the lead for with her... a shotgun well yeah <laughs> <laughs> I said my son not my daughter sure is true okay's that, yeah. got the shotgun. Uh... <laughs> but, um, you know, we're, we're close with her parents. And so I think it's a, it's a good situation. Um, you know, there's, there's no easy answer. I think you have to be open. And my wife and I are open and honest about, about these things. And, uh, you know, you, you do your best, you give them the best armor you can that you can find to uh, protect themselves against what this world is offering. And, um, you know, and you pray and you know that I think you do your best and then you have to let go at some point because you do know how dangerous it is out there. You do know the temptations that are out there and, uh, it can drive you crazy if you try to take, if you, if you think you can control everything. So I think you teach them, you give them the, uh, the, the armor and then, uh, you know, at some point you let go and you trust that, man, I know some of those, some of my kids, it's highly likely they're going to make certain mistakes that I wish they won't, they wouldn't, but you trust that in the end, um, they're going to come out on the other side. Uh, just like a lot of us did, you know, yeah. I'm sure we all made mistakes that we'd be horrified if our kids made.
3: How about dealing with your team? How much time do the coaches end up spending with some of these players because of our society, right? Just, You know, children out of wedlock, right? Do you find yourself working a lot of hours just trying to help these guys navigate these things?
1: Yeah. um, You know, one, you know, my position is as quarterbacks coach, um, you know, there's only three guys a year in that room. So, and they usually have their acts together, certainly here in New Orleans they have. And, uh, I mean, we've been fortunate. We've had a good good group of guys in that room year after year. And so, uh and also, you know, the professional game is a little different than college. I think, you know, when you coached in college, there was a lot more of that mentoring in a personal way. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist in the NFL, but um certainly not to the extent it does in college. And one thing that the Saints have done so well is they really pay so close attention to the character of the players that they bring in. I mean, they've got to have enough talent to win but a real talented player that Sean Payton or Mickey Loomis think is going to be a problem in the locker room or be a distraction or their personal life is not going to help this team. You know, we usually don't bring those kinds of players in. So um, it's one reason players love coming here because the locker room's so good and, and the guys in that locker room are good guys. And uh, you know, there's no, there's no time in the NFL to put up with, with guys, or be a distraction and take your time away from what the ultimate goal is, and that's winning. So,
0: folks, you're awesome. with us, and man up. It's an outreach of Mass Impact. You can find us at Pentecost365.us. If you go there, you see a invitation for men to be ignited in everyday faith, not simply Advent or Lent, but what is trying to live the faith, and really, it's about receiving the grace in simple ways. It's not simply this great idea and feeling. Christ asks us, as we read in the Gospels these days, to respond. He asks for a response. He asks us to lean into our awkwardness, our difficulty, our inertia, stuff that stands in the way, to man up and to go past that, and to provide a context. He invites us. We don't do it alone. We do it with brothers. We do it together. We're blessed to have Joel Lombardi with us. Most significantly, husband and father of seven. He's the QB's coach for the Saints. And, uh, and it got the awesome hug right there. Just, um, this is what it's about. <clears throat> it's about the journey together. And uh, I wanna ask you, Joe, just as we're looking at a landing right now, coming in pretty soon, I wanna play a clip and get your feedback of, a, of an exciting moment in 2010 for you. But what are maybe some notable coaching insights? What are fundamental principles of coaching that you find as keys to success?
1: Well, yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, one, just commitment. You know, the best players are guys that are uh, committed to their, to their sport. They love the game, and they put the, they put the work in. Um, and then, you, you know, you asked the question, what are the fundamental things? Well, the most fundamental thing is fundamentals. You know, we spend so much time as coaches coming up with the right play, the right route, the right blocking scheme, the right blitz, and at the end of the day what wins football games is blocking and tackling and you can apply those fundamentals to to anything you're doing in life you know and i often say you know what are the fundamentals of our faith well it's the sacraments it's uh you know communion getting the confession often it's prayer it's fasting it's almsgiving um and so to me that's always the biggest thing when my kids are going through something i'm like figure out what what is the blocking and tackling Mm -hmm of whatever you're you're trying to master here and worry about those things worry about the basics worry about the fundamentals because once you have the fundamentals mastered everything else will come a lot easier
0: mike walt thoughts love it love it yeah you
2: know i think um i I see you in that breach coach really meeting your um husband and fatherly duties just through the gift of the Catholic church that you've given them. And it's great that you defer to your wife, who's this rock, this steadfast person. When you're gone, she's there. But the fact that you're talking about the sacraments and, you know, you're going to coach up your kids, but it's okay if they fall down. There's a process that Christ left us with the magisterium. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be really proud of that. And I love that you're surrounding your family with with such great uh, influences. It's certainly inspirational for everyone, I think, listening today.
0: Absolutely. And a continuum yep. for all of those who are listening out there, uh, the growth continuum. If we're not taking steps forward, likely we're taking steps backward. If we're not taking territory, likely we're giving up territory. And we as men aren't really used to or accustomed to even talking about this sort of stuff. So I'm delighted that uh, we have the courage of three brothers here at least talking about some difficult things. In my case, fumbling, maybe a little awkward, but we got to get it out there with people that we trust and to have the conversations that matter uh, in a context of growth. Um, We're going to show a clip now that uh, takes us back 10 years. And uh, Joe was a significant part of this moment. So let's take a look at this clip, and then we'll get your response. This is what we
4: have been waiting for. Two number one seeds matching up for the first time in 17 years. We've been special, right? All state and law. We smell right yeah. here. Let's, Let's go. Tonight, it's time to finish strong. Hold up this trophy for our city. Manning in the shotgun, sets, throws into the end zone. Garcon touchdown. Indianapolis went down and scored on their first two possessions. You know, all of a sudden it's ten nothing, and we're trying to regroup. Late in the second quarter, the Saints gambled on a fourth and goal. It off Pierre Thomas. Thomas is going to be taken down for a loss of about a yard on the play. They trail 10-6. Peyton still had ambush up the sleeve and more importantly the guts to call it. I want to go this way. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So the Saints will kick it away trailing 10-6. Thomas Morstead steps into the football and it's an onside kick. And it's going to be covered up by Chris Reese, I believe. They're still fighting for it, no indication as yet. We got it, we got it, we got it. it. Reese sets up the screen, Pierre Thomas. Thomas still on his feet, down to the five, makes the move! He's gonna score! 16 yards, and Pierre Thomas puts the Saints in the end zone for the first time tonight. The Saints cash in on the gamble. And this game has swung to the New Orleans Saints. The Colts answered. They had the league MVP. New Orleans had Breezes, and he was perfect on a drive that put the Saints on top with 5.42 to play. And Breeze spreading that ball all over the field. Eight different receivers. He is in a groove right now. Trace, let's finish, let's finish the game, man. Let's finish it. All right, you know how to play this thing. I want him to throw it, I want to hit him. Tracy, watch the shot. Two receivers to the left, Garcia to the right. Manning in the shotgun, that puts Collier in motion. Looks in his direction.
0: So there it is, and you were there, front row seat, part of the team that made it happen. Just what does that evoke seeing that? Just give us your experience.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. We just had our tenth year anniversary of that Super Bowl, so uh, you know, this past season on a Friday, all the all the old players came in. You know, I tell you what, my memory is is how tired I was, and I felt more relieved. That they couldn't make me work another week uh, <laughs> after that. <game> was over. <laughs> so, uh, but it's good memories. You go through something like that, you know, most of those guys, you know, your family.
0: Joe, it's been awesome having you with us. Stick around as we kind of come in for a landing here. We have a fun conclusion of all of these man up episodes. We have memes with Mike. Magnificent memes with Mike. So Mike's going to hook us up with some memes. But just to, just to tell all you folks out there right now, we're, we're glad you're with us in this program called Man Up. It's an experiment. You're hearing it over Ignite Radio Live, and it's being uh, broadcast throughout the world, if you will. You can see it on Pentecost365.us. Our guest is Joe Lombardi, QB coach of the Saints and uh, husband and father of seven. There we are, the civilization of love right there. You see these seven beautiful kids, Mike and his wife, Molly, that's it right there. That's the ultimate mission, the ultimate team that makes the gates of hell shudder. This is what it's about. It's it's to image God, to make him known through love, husband and wife in family. And we're so blessed to have these brothers here. And those of you who are listening with us, we just really pray to receive that ultimate destination, that our hearts are fixed on that destination of becoming a godly marriage, a godly family, to be honest where we're at, to, but to do the turnaround that we need to do that's what Man Up is all about. So you ready to go, Mike.
2: This one, and I do this out of love, is to antagonize a little bit. Now, I, I didn't antagonize uh, okay. Coach Lombardi, but uh, <laughs> Mike is a big Packers fan, and we all see the Aaron Rodgers uh, commercials with Steve Farm. If he had Allstate, he'd be protected from mayhem like this. And look at Joey <laughs> on top of him uh, you know, getting a full armpit whiff. Uh so I, I actually really <laughs> it.
0: Getting the Smackdown.
2: All right, so I'm from Cleveland. All right, we got a picture of uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton uh You know, she has uh, full confidence in her ability to delete the Steelers uh, loss. Uh, So she's going to delete the record of today's game.
0: And we're equal opportunity antagonizers. Those of you who are out there, we'll go both sides of the aisle. We men like to take shots at ourselves. So let's take this little light. We do pray for Hillary as we do Trump and everybody in between. We're on this journey together again. Ephesians 6, 12, fighting not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. But let's have a little lightheartedness in this. There's no
2: good Mike's meme thread without a Chuck Norris. So this is an image of Chuck in the jungle. Chuck Norris once urinated in a semi truck's gas tank as a joke. That truck is now known as. <laughs> <optimist laughs> That's
0: an awesome, awesome one. I,
2: I, I really like that. Very one. guy. So, so look, um, you know, some think that Coach Belichick is one of the <laughs> coaches in history. What the hell's going on out there? Sorry, Bill, your check bounced. Uh, so we can't come up with a meme like this with the great Vince Lombardi, but we can. We do have a record here with uh, Coach Bill.
0: Any final words for the good of the Man Up program? Uh,
3: I, I appreciate the Brotherhood. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm someone who didn't grow up Catholic, uh, who now absolutely loves Christ Church and loves Jesus. Um, I am amazed at what we have uh, with our faith. You know, it's just—it's unbelievable that that when we when we love Jesus and we love His church, and we try to follow Him. Uh, these same folks that share right our faith worldwide, within seconds of knowing you share the same faith, you become friends, hmm. become family, right? It's—it's uh, it's unbelievable. It truly is. There's there's nothing else like it not, not sports, not any other type of business activity. There, there's nothing else out there. Um, like our faith, uh, that brings us together. And, uh, I just, I think it's beautiful. I, I think it's just absolutely beautiful. I know there's all these awesome families
2: out there.
0: Mike final words on the program, iron sharpens iron, and then we'll go to Joe and we'll land.
2: I certainly appreciate coach making time. I know he's probably really busy with planning and post draft mm-hmm. stuff, and God knows what else. Um, I think it's the daily struggle, that in the trenches, that blocking and tackling is where we lose our soul or we, um, or we, or, you know, with Christ's help, we find it. And so I, I appreciate the the daily um, slug out and match and all the analogies that you certainly can speak to eloquently. And uh, for you guys to, uh, for you to make time for us uh, to hear you is really, really appreciated. So thank you.
0: Final words, Joe, anything you want to impart on us?
1: Well, no, hey, it's just, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, any kind of social, socializing we can get these days is uh, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a good thing. So even if it's over the camera,
3: awesome. appreciate you guys. You got to catch up with your wife. She's on her 10K and you got a lot of running to do. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's, I got two arthritic knees to be chasing her, so. Uh, <laughs> let's say a quick back. prayer.
0: We'll say a quick prayer and land this. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you for this moment. Thank you for making us in your image. Lord, we pray for your spirit to illuminate our desires, our thoughts, our memories, our imaginations, our passions. And Lord, we do avail to you, Lord, all the stuff inside of us that's in need of being conquered right now. We're aware of it, you know it, you love us, you're in it with us, but we, we, we invite you, Lord Jesus, to have authority in that area, to have dominion, to conquer it, to transform it, and help us to stand all the more strongly, particularly in our marriages and in our families, overflowing to this world, that we may claim it for you and your kingdom. We ask this in your name, through Christ our Lord, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Folks, so glad you're with us. Pentecost365.us. The program is Man Up. You're hearing it on, on Ignite Radio Live, and we're glad that you are with us and know that we're with you in this, in the journey. If there's any practical takeaway, find one man. Find one brother whom you trust, who's going to raise you to a higher level, who's going to hold you accountable, who's going to fix your eyes on that destination of perfection, and is going to take that step with you without holding back at all and encouraging you, and that you can do the same too. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.